30 today at the Crypto Vigilante. Raphael, it's nice to meet you. Thank you for having me, uh, Gavin. Uh, thank you for, for having me here. And um, and thank you for being a voice uh, on a topic that is so contentious in the world right now. Thank you. Yeah, it's a pleasure to meet you. You know, I really, I've been inspired by your uh, your content. And so it's really uh, thought-provoking, insightful, and I've been curious to just get to know who you are better. So who is Raphael Laverde and, you know, where, where are you from? Tell us more about you. Um, well, I'm, I'm Colombian and I, I'm someone that fell in love with Bitcoin. I'm, I'm also someone who was blessed to have been friends with, with Daniel Krawitz before he met Bitcoin, before he, he, he came to know Bitcoin. So shortly after he discovered Bitcoin, he shared it with my, with me and a group of people at an Austrian economics reading group in, in Austin, Texas, while we were all in college. Um, we were all doing our, our own postgraduate studies. Some people were finishing up their, their, their bachelor's degrees. Um, this group was very, uh, it was a very um, dynamic group because you had people from different disciplines. You had people that were involved in the world of physics. You had engineers. You had people uh, with uh, that had MBAs that were already working in the market. Uh, you you ha you had people like myself who um, at the time I was finishing up a, a master's degree in philosophy and psychology, and on top of that, I was studying economics with these guys and the Mises Institute. So you had a very dynamic group of people that came to the white paper that came to Bitcoin, and this wasn't. 2012, 2011, 2012. And it was interesting because we we had already been studying Austrian economics for a good like two years where we would meet at least once a week, sometimes twice a week, depending on what book we were reading. And at times we would sometimes uh, the, the, the group would even um, meet three times a week and they would meet up at a, another location, which was a very famous location in, in, in crypto history called Brave New Books in Austin, Texas. And Brave New Books was this place uh, that uh, brought about a lot of libertarians. It became like the libertarian hangout in the United States. Um, looking back in history, uh, a lot of the libertarian legends of the U.S., including Dr. Ron Paul, went through this little bookstore that sat underneath uh, a Chase Bank in, in Austin, across the street from the University of Texas. And so... It was at within this environment that I was nourished and, and that I came into Bitcoin alongside many other Bitcoiners who discovered Bitcoin alongside with me and Daniel Krawitz at this reading group. It was actually Daniel again who brought this idea of Bitcoin to us. And 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 we went through we, we, we went through a discovery process together. Everyone in that group now is is very influential in the world of Bitcoin. In one way, shape, or form, whether they be entrepreneurs, whether they have mining companies, whether they went on to become very controversial figures in the world of Bitcoin. Um, interestingly enough, half of them um, became maxis, half of them became big blockers. Uh, very interesting dynamic. So, so this was a very um, a beautiful event in my life. It was a blessing, and and it was within this environment that I. I kept growing. Then when, when we had the the civil war in Bitcoin, now that I look back in hindsight, it makes a lot of sense to me that um, 
most people in, in, in the crypto world did not have this dynamic, did not have the, this group of friends. They probably discovered Bitcoin on their own and they may have told a friend and they did a lot of research on their own. I was blessed to be part of a group who um, I was blessed to be part of a group that, again, met twice, three times a week with uh, that was a very much multidisciplinary that would come together and 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 give their feedback from their own personal experience regarding Bitcoin. So, for example, if you had someone who was an accountant, uh, they would come back from what they've talked about at work with their friends and twice a week they would bring feedback on bitcoin if you if i if i had someone who was an economist in the group they would bring uh economic feedback so i was nourished from a very multipolar polymath perspective as to what bitcoin is and so when we had the civil war it was very easy for me to identify how myopic it was as a perspective that I think that the mere fact that someone wanted to a cripple change the protocol of Bitcoin, that alone was enough for me to 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 have uh, red flags and for me to realize, wait a minute, there's something going on here, because I am learning from all of these geniuses from different professions about Bitcoin, and they see so much within their own professions, like like. You would talk to an accountant and they would see like logical conclusions to to what Satoshi gave us and the opcodes that we, you don't hear anyone really talking about. You, you would hear an economist seeing things in Bitcoin. And so for, I, I was sitting there just taking all of this information from all these different perspectives. And and so it was it was um, when someone came with a very myopic view of like this is what Bitcoin is and this is how you scale Bitcoin. And you actually have to cripple Bitcoin to scale Bitcoin, which is really the small blocker narrative. And you, and you have to scale off chain. At that moment, I knew something was wrong. And so um, the Civil War led for this group of Bitcoiners to end life as well, because people graduated. They had families. They moved on uh, for this group of Bitcoiners to disintegrate. disintegrate. And we had um, and we all of a sudden found ourselves um looking around realizing and and it was it was a uh, um i i really cherish my friendship with daniel krawitz because i i was i'm happy to say that i was there with him um and 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 i and the sadness in his eyes to realize that bitcoin was not taken care of that bitcoin was not in good hands and it was that realization um that I saw through him, then then I realized that in reality, we are we are are the ones that are are custodians of Bitcoin, and 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 that we we made a mistake in that we we thought too little of ourselves at the beginning of Bitcoin, when in reality we probably uh, with you know all humility and honesty, we probably were amongst the people in Bitcoin best prepared to receive this gift of Bitcoin. And to protect it, whatever protecting Bitcoin means. And, and over the years, I've come to realize that the best way to protect Bitcoin and the best way to cherish Bitcoin is by being generous, loving and caring for other people within the Bitcoin network. That it is by giving value within Bitcoin to others that you teach others and that you show the way. 
And and that is what we did in 2023 when we, us big blockers, saw an opportunity within BTC to share our gifts to people in BTC, even though it was limited with a four megabyte uh, capacity of Taproot, we were able to show the world the 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 fun, the excitement, the thrill, the and the joy of being able to share something that you create with the open market in the in the most permissionless and frictionless of of constructs, although it's very limited in BTC. And 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 what we saw in 2023 was that we are we were able to give BTC Bitcoiners in BTC a path forward in teaching them by doing. And I I, I take these words from Satchmo, from Wild Satchmo, who's in my opinion one of the those one of the most amazing programmers that we have in BSV in the real Bitcoin. Um, Wild Satchmo. Uh, he says this, right? I, I, I met him up at Cambrian. I met him at Cambrian. I went to the Citadel when they opened up in, in Florida as well. And 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 he's always said this, I, I, that he, he likes to uh, sh- show by doing. And, and, and that's what we did. Um, we, we showed by doing on BTC. And, and, and right now we find ourselves in, in a very beautiful place in Bitcoin history where we're Bitcoiners and people in crypto from all around the world are, are realizing what we already know. And and so it's uh it's it's really an honor for to be here with you, all Gavin speaking with you. <laughs> um thank you for everything. Uh yeah, let's get going. Yeah. Well, that is a seems like a heck of a uh, a heck of a good background. So we went from Daniel, you know, meeting Daniel Kravitz or being with him, it seems like back in the college days, and then evolving over with Bitcoin, you know, over from the beginning and then becoming now seeing yourself as a custodial, like a custodian of Bitcoin. And, you know, then going into the narrative between the small and the big blocks, uh, you know, it seems like there's a lot of direct funny. You want to hear something Please. funny? You want to hear his funny story? So, so after uh, the, the Civil War in Bitcoin, Daniel Krawitz, in his genius, he starts asking himself, how, who can I trust? And, and why is it that stupid people are, are deemed intelligent in, in Bitcoin and crypto? Like, wh- how is it that people are so easily psyoped? So somehow in his own research, he went into studying uh, narcissism and behavioral psychology and he stumbled upon a, a a a movie called being there so we were at the satoshi nakamoto conference at the satoshi vision conference in tokyo japan which was the first big blocker conference and the as far as i know the first and or one of the first but the only interaction that he had with craig wright at that conference was the following and i was there to witness this it was really funny it's almost like they were speaking at at another level to each other. Um, and this was how the conversation went. So Daniel Krawitz goes up to 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 to, um, to Craig Wright, shakes his hand, and says, like, "Hi, how are you?" He's like, "Hey, I have a question for you." So I think Dr. Wright was thinking that he was going to ask something a little complex, right? Because you know it's Daniel Krawitz, and he asks him, um, "Have you seen the movie Being There?" And Craig Wright starts laughing, just starts laughing. He starts laughing. He just starts laughing. Uh, he can't stop laughing. And he's just he's just laughing. And then Daniel Krawitz right away afterwards tells me, I know he knows that I understand him now. 
and he's Satoshi. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. You asked him one question, and that was enough for you to understand that he was Satoshi. And um and 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 in and and and, and so the movie being there is about a guy who who's really dumb, but the world thinks he's very smart. And and he, he goes by the name of Andy the Gardener because he was adopted by a, a billionaire who who um gave him a space in his life as a child and he just was he he had mental mental handicaps and he only he was only able to um do gardening and that was his passion just to be a gardener so after the old man passes away he he's very he has a lot of etiquette because he was raised by the by 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 this aristocrat and when people ask him questions people confuse his simplicity of language and his explanations to someone who's very genius so uh the movie really um he ends up being like the right hand to the president of the united states um and and people ask him things like well what do you think about the downturn in the in the economy and he he would say things like well after the winter the spring comes and then we blossom into a new summer every year and and then everyone's thinking oh he's a genius he's talking about economic cycles and he's just giving us this parable so that this is how he he gets along in in life and 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 in reality this is something that 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 is very real this is something very real that happens in crypto that people who are actually dumb are deemed intelligent and people who are intelligent are misunderstood they're misunderstood because if you were to really understand what they're saying, um, there you there is a prerequisite for you to know a body of knowledge that they might just mention in passing. And perfect example was in the um, All Star panel where they invited Dr. Craig Wright to speak. And when he's in front of uh, Nick Zabo, he talks about how Bitcoin is turning complete. And in passing. He mentions fourth and he mentions a lot of things just in passing that to the someone that understands Bitcoin at a at a pretty profound level, they would understand that what he is saying is not just something based on appearances or opinion, but that it begs for them to question the underlying premises of what he mentions. So he mentions things like fourth, which is like a programming language that is very much um unknown, that is that is within the guts of what Bitcoin is. That a lot of programmers are unfamiliar with, but you have to be a, a, of a pedigree within within the world of computer science to understand that this language even exists. And so, but Dr. Wright just nonchalantly says that because he thinks he's speaking to to the crowd, and 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 you confuse that with 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 gibberish because you don't understand that there is um, a deeper knowledge base required to understand that one sentence to begin with and so uh on the contrary you find uh gavin andreessen when he's speaking to the audience alongside uh vitalik where a lot of people on the internet try to make fun of 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 big blockers trying to say that vitalik on you know made such a, a great argument where vitalik actually in his explanation of signaling theory, shows that he doesn't understand signaling theory. Just to sow a bit of controversy for fun, I'll explain why I think he's probably not Satoshi. <laughs> 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 
Two minutes. Two minutes. I mean, first of all, very, very simple signaling theory. He had the opportunity to take two different paths of proving who, uh, of proving that he's him. One path would have been to make that exact kind of proof, make a make a signature from the first uh, from the first Bitcoin block. Put the signature out in public. Make a very simple ten-line blog post that anyone, you know, including you know people, including you know cryptographers like Dan Bonet and, uh, and Ben Kaminsky and so forth, can verify that it's him, and just post that out there and let the cryptographic community do it. Instead, he's taken this path where he's wrote this big long blog post with 200 lines. It's so confusing that even Dan Kaminsky said it's too confusing, and tried to get only show that signature to a, to a few select people, and we're supposed to trust them. So. In general, signaling theory says if you, if you have a good way of proving something and a noisy way of proving something and you choose the noisy way, then that means, you know, chances are you, that means you could be, it's because you couldn't do the good way in the first place. Okay. <laughs> in reality, he calls it signaling theory, but in reality, that's not even the name of the theory. The name of that is called the handicap principle, and he is... His explanation of the handicap principle is actually the complete opposite of what the handicap principle is. And so, um, and people think that this simplistic understanding of, they thought themselves to have been educated by Vitalik in his, in his attempt to bash Dr. Craig, right? And notice that during that inter interchange, look at how respectful Gavin Andreessen is. And I hope that you guys, uh, you play this, you know, as, as we talk. Um, but Gavin is very respectful and, and he doesn't comment. He's, he, he's, he's literally being, um, he, he really has libertarian etiquette because we're talking about someone's identity. So it is proper for him to, in my opinion, um, re respect that space. But you see how the intrusion of someone else, uh, trying to, um, step out of step you know cross that boundary into someone else's personal life to try to discredit them and in doing so vitalik doesn't even use uh, goes to show that he doesn't even understand what he calls signaling theory in reality he doesn't even understand and uh, what what the handicap principle is but the people are easily confused the people listening and watching are easily duped and that's and that's a phenomenon that I've seen a lot in crypto throughout crypto history. And what will happen as time goes by is, is that you guys will realize that a lot of the people you thought were very intelligent and, and that you were programmed to think that were very wise and, 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 and within crypto are really not. And that the people you were told not to listen to and that the people you were told to um, ignore and, and they were actually the really smart ones uh, all along and the ones that really understood this technology. Um, you will understand as well that I am just blessed as a person. I, I don't consider myself a genius. I consider myself someone with the capacity to um, to be, I, I'm very nimble in my mind and I'm very flexible in my mind and I've known how to associate myself if, if, per se. I think um, the gift that I have is that I, I always strive to be as holistic as possible. Um, but I don't consider myself a genius, and 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 um. But I ha I've been blessed to be surrounded by geniuses, and so um, Gavin. Uh, sorry for my digression there, but yeah, <clears> I just wanted to 
Well, no, that. it's a really good story, you know, on, on Daniel Kravitz meeting Craig, Dr. Craig Wright and them having this this uh, tele- telepathic moment uh, of humor that somehow connected the two of them on a different level that we really can't even comprehend. It sounds like well, it then uh, well, going in. It, it led me to my own conclusions because it led me to realize that Dr. Craig Wright is someone who, as Satoshi, he has to play a role. Okay? You have to understand that if... if, if um, Imagine you yourself watching this. Imagine if um, you and your friends doing research, you discover Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a discovery. It really is. It's it's a, You have all of these factors from all these sciences, and you discover that this one recipe of all of these sciences, when they come together, and these technologies and sciences, when they come together, create this a magnificent thing called Bitcoin. And and the more you you research it with your friends, the more you realize, wow, this is this is actually the best way to do this is, is by adding this, by maybe not doing as much of that. And so he discovers Bitcoin, goes anonymous, then is doxxed by Wired magazine, by the brother-in-law of his buddy who passes away, who he loves dearly, right? And and um and then at the same time, you have uh, the Ross Ulbrich situation, unfortunate situation with the Silk Road, and you're being doxxed to Wired Magazine, to the Australian Tax Authority, and you find yourself um, in a predicament that you don't know what's going to happen. Like, put yourself in that position, guys. And there's a lot of people out there that are like, um, a lot, uh, interestingly enough, a lot of the biggest uh, hate haters that Craig Wright has are people that are anonymous on the internet. So you guys should empathize with with this reality even more. So imagine if someone were to dox you on, on uh, as the creator of a technology where the main the the the, the most forward facing entrepreneur in the world at that present moment when you while you're being doxed is being served two life sentences. How would you react? How would you feel? Uh, you know, uh, you know, like, um, and and so it's uh, it's. I, I'm sorry, I don't know how we got to this rabbit hole. I think I forgot how we got to this conversation, but uh, but but it's uh, guys like um, yeah. Pardon me. What were you saying, Gavin? Ultimately, I, I uh, you know, I wanted to go in the direction of where you know, if if you've come to your, to the, I mean, this is a deep question, but if you've come to the sure. conclusion of what your definite purpose is, it seems like, uh, you know, watching your, the Jack Lou interviews that you did in three part series were very progressive from the beginning. It looked like you were uh, kind of discovering, it seemed like as a, as a, as a novice that you were kind of, you know, come to the conclusion that, well, big blocks are important in the first interview. Wow. Big blocks. This is an amazing, like, it seemed like you were perhaps still kind of evolving in your thinking at that, from that first interview to then the second interview, you were like, wow, Jack, this is high hyper Bitcoinization seems to be a real thing. And then the third one now, it, it looks like you've transcended into some <laughs> like a monk or something. I don't know. You had this at the, at the end moment. So I don't know. Have you, have you come up with what your definite purpose is, you know, uh, in life and why you're doing all this? <laughs> no, I, I, okay. So um, first off, thank you. This is an, a, a magnificent question that really opens up the, you know, what I really want to talk about. Um, and to, just to conclude what, what I was saying, like um, 
about Craig Wright, like put yourself in his shoes, you know, be empathetic if you can be and, and realize that um, you would probably freak out even more, you know? All right. So as, uh, as per your question, um, so coming from this group of, of Bitcoiners where you have very prolific people that are, that are, that are small blockers, right? I mean, I was not just around Kraywitz. I was around Pierre Rochard. I was around Michael Goldstein, Bitstein on, 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 on the internet. I was around Jimmy Wynn. I was around many others that are kind of more anonymous, but geniuses, geniuses. I was around, I was around a lot of amazing Bitcoiners, guys. Okay. So I, I know Jimmy Wynn from the time when he was working on colored coins. When Jimmy Wynn was a big blocker, I knew Jimmy Wynn. Okay. So like I, I was surrounded by all of these Bitcoiners, not just big blockers. So when I come into when I come into uh into Bitcoin, I like I, I said, I, I come as someone who well, if you want to understand my background and my mind a little better, I I I I I studied philosophy in college. I studied philosophy and I did graduate work in philosophy. Philosophy is my real love. I love philosophy. I love lady philosophy, as the Greeks would say. Um and my love for lady philosophy led for me to, to to strive to learn how to think better every day. So when I'm sitting in, in, in these Austrian economic reading groups and we're discussing Bitcoin from an Austrian economics perspective and we have Peter Serda lecturing us, we have um, uh, Jeff Berwick hanging out with us at conferences, we have um, all of these uh libertarian professors that were that were streaming in on a weekly basis to discuss bitcoin with um i find myself being nourished from all directions and and my mind is not conducive to um bringing some 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 preconceived notion into my understanding of bitcoin but rather i am driven to wonder i am driven to um look at everything that I'm learning about Bitcoin in real time and give it its ultimate conclusions. And I'm looking at different premises, right? I'm I'm studying the premise of the accountant, of the physicist, of the uh, of the engineer are all coming to these reading groups talking about Bitcoin. This is 2012, guys, you know, and I'm learning from each and one of them, and I see each one of their perspectives. And I extrapolate from those perspectives and those areas of expertise, logical conclusions. I see them as, as premises to the complete argument that is Bitcoin. And so I, I, I am synthesizing all of this information in my mind. And I was already a big blocker um, before the Civil War. I understood that money was a first... Um, application in the Bitcoin protocol. I understood that um, the world, in a world where there's still tyranny, there will be niches where privacy coins will be sought after by humanity. But in this reading group, and, and actually these, these a lot of these uh, lectures and com conversations were on the internet uh, up to not too long ago. They were still around. And you see like a young Raphael in the corner, a young Krewitz. They're, they're great. Someone has these. I think Michael Goldstein has uh, ha has uh, has these these lectures. 
either him or, or another guy that I don't want to give his name out, but he's uh he's someone that is very private. He's a big blocker too, but he live he he's a private person. Um so um Jose Nino, it was also a guy who's now an author for the Mises Institute, was also part of this group. Was, a lot of great people were part of this group. Um, so I was already a big blocker. I already understood that Bitcoin was was a, a big block Bitcoin. But during the civil war of Bitcoin, I find myself now um, becoming a gladiator for Bitcoin and, and going to conferences and 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 just um fighting for bitcoin I, I didn't even know who craig wright was and i didn't and it was a progression for me to, to for me to to study not him as a person but study what he teaches and study his understanding of bitcoin for me to come to my conclusions on craig wright and and it was not till recently actually where i finally was like no this guy has to be satoshi or 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 the main architect or part of the team but this this guy has to be has he, he was definitely in my opinion was definitely involved in the creation of bitcoin um so i didn't even um i came to bitcoin into the big block understanding of bitcoin because i was surrounded by all these people right um who who whom i learned from from their own area of expertise right and that's why i say that bitcoin is multidisciplinary and interdisciplinary so i i learned from each one because, okay, in, in academia, if you are someone who's trained by just one faculty, you're trained what to think. You're not really trained how to think. So, and this is why you find such a bias within academia where uh, the computer science faculty thinks themselves superior to every other faculty. And then if you go to the theology faculty, they think themselves superior to every other faculty. Then you go to the engineers and they think themselves, it's, 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 that's just the the academia as it exists nowadays. A formal academia is very compartmentalized, and and there is not, um, as, and and, and because it's so compartmentalized, it is very lacking in that you don't see, you don't um, you don't learn from each other as much as you could, and there is that bias that you people tend to think, well, my field of study is superior to the rest. There is that in, in, in inherent bias, right? So, again, I come from a different world where I my love was philosophy. I didn't, you know, I in college, I didn't even care about how am I going to make money in the future? Because I knew that I was going to figure it out because I was going to I'll be able to outthink people in the real market. That's I understood that. So I, 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 I concern myself with learning how to think and not so much learning what to think. So when I step into this world where we're studying economics from an Austrian perspective uh, during the Ron Paul campaign with all of these geniuses from all these different faculties and fields of study. And, and there were some very successful entrepreneurs there um, as well, you know, not just people from the armchair, but people out in the open market as well. I mean, so, so I find myself taking in all of this knowledge and I don't have this inherent bias because my background is in philosophy. So I'm looking at it from a philosophical lens you know, the, the PhD is the philosophical doctorate of that field, right? It's because you've you've reached the, 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 the level of wisdom of that field, right? Where you come to realize that you know so much about one specific subject that it, it's it's humbling. And that's really what that symbolically what that PhD means, right? But if you go straight to the kill and you go to lady philosophy first, 
you 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 can take a meta perspective on everything in this all of the sciences and you can really um start digesting what is best from each and so i was blessed that i had that formal education and and so when i when i came into bitcoin and i started seeing everyone um understand bitcoin from their own perspectives right away i was able to realize that each and every one of these people were bringing in their own biases into bitcoin so the computer scientist was looking at bitcoin from a computer science perspective and his inherent bias was showing that bitcoin is that the most important thing within bitcoin is the computer science aspect of bitcoin and then you had the accountant who would come in and say well it's just it's the fact that this is an, a ledger that is shared it's triple entry accounting and that was their framework um, and I'm not saying that they inherently were just um, myopic in their perspective. I'm just saying that I saw that tendency within them right away. And for me, um, I was also uh, trained in in, not, in knowing how to argue and seek for truth. I was I was not someone who um, thinks of art and going into a debate and argument as 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 a sophist who just wants to uh, um, have the best the best zinger or the best one-liner, or to own the other guy. That, to me, is not winning an argument. To win an argument is come to a better understanding of the states of affairs as they are. And so, uh, as you guys, as, as I'm expressing this to you guys, I came with a very classical, scholastic uh, frame of reference when I came to Bitcoin. And it was easy for me to, to, to see that Bitcoin was much more than what any one individual can bring to the table. So... Um, when I, it, it, after the civil war, after all, everything that we've been dealing with as Bitcoiners, I find myself being this gladiator, um, fighting for Bitcoin and arguments, um, debates, different conferences. Sometimes I'm like, it's, uh, and then on top of that, which is funny enough, I give myself like, I, I realize that big blockers are being censored. And I realize right away that. Uh, everything big blockers are saying on the Bitcoin talk forums is being censored. Everything that's being said on Reddit is being censored. So I'm like, okay, well, um, at, at the time, uh, Jeff Berwick, the dollar vigilante, taps me on the shoulder. Is like, Raph, I want to create the Bitcoin vigilante newsletter because this 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 thing just deserves its own own research and attention. Would you would you want to do this with me? And I'm like, sure, Jeff, let's do it. Um, Jeff is is a very Jeff is 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 um you know the word open minded on the dictionary that's Jeff you, you'll see his picture he's very hmm. open minded he's not closed to any idea um and during the Bitcoin civil war he was the first one to call out the the, the small blockers actually he was the first one to be the Kurt Walker Jr. on on, Luke, on We Are Change with Luke Dasher. If you guys look that interview up, where everything you hear um, uh, Luke Dasher say, pardon me, not Luke Dasher, pardon me, Kurt Walker Jr. Everything you hear Kurt Walker Jr. say, uh, Jeff Berwick was the first one to say it. He was the mm -hmm. first historian in Bitcoin history to give you uh, the alternative version of what's going on because. The media was completely um, a blitzkrieg by the small blocker narrative and everything that the big blocker people were saying, that was completely shunned and forbidden, forbidden knowledge. So 
when I, you know, when when Jeff, my my friend, is out there saying, speaking truth, I'm like, yeah, dude, let's let's do this. Uh, let's let's definitely um, let's teach people. And 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 then it's in the back of my mind. I'm thinking, let's let's use this as a, a platform to not just teach people, but to really look out for what what's best for all, everyone. And it starts with uh, giving people a an alternative perspective on things. So right away, I I, I realized that um, I needed to bring um, analysts that were not. I did not want an echo chamber because at the time Bitcoin was really and the crypto net crypto space in general was very much a uh very tribal and so i on purpose chose to partner up with analysts i brought analysts to the team that were small blockers that were geniuses within their own field and that also privacy enthusiasts so like that now we had a we had found ourselves having a full stack team of a very everyone with a very diverse perspective and to this day um a lot of these analysts completely disagree with me on bsv but it creates a very rich environment gavin where um they 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 disagree with me and i disagree with them where within my own uh study group of the crypto vigilante newsletter I found myself on a daily basis now having my own sparring dojo, intellectual sparring dojo, where I was constantly being challenged by the smartest people that I was able, that I know in crypto that are now my teammates at the Crypto Vigilante. So I created, so it's interesting because I find myself like, not anymore actually, but for the past five years, I am duking it out with with Mr. X, Mr. A, Mr. W, Mr. Z, Ed Bugos, Jeff Berwick, right? And I'm like, and so I, I I'm a I, I trained myself. I gave myself my own dojo to be able to, and I'm still working on on how to articulate these ideas even better. But it, 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 I I want to thank them, you know, in, in front of your audience for providing me with that space and being the teammates that they are. Um, that even though we disagree on Bitcoin and and on and, and on and and on many things, we we can still have this um, this cordial and and very um, you know scientific research um, club that is the crypto vigilante. Um, so, so, so does that lead you to your purpose? Is is getting the word out there about the crypto vigilante? Well, that- I mean, I mean. You know, as far as my purpose goes, that's 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 probably something a lot more personal. Um, but but overall, um, when I okay, so now going into the conversation with Jack Lou, I needed to preface all of this for you to understand the following point. The following point is that we have been as big blockers sparring this whole time, and we have this inherent muscle memory now that it's very hard to shake off because we've been fighting for bitcoin for the fullness of bitcoin for a good five years so we have this inherent muscle memory that we still want to argue but the reality is 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 the following guys that we already won big blockers already won big blockers already um 
conquered the hearts and minds and the imagination and the wonder of all of crypto. It's happening right now. People so, are coming to that realization. So the, the, what, what, regarding Jack Lou and that conversation yeah, who, with Jack Lou. Who is Jack Lou? Okay, so Jack Lou is... I, I, I never even had... I, I, I interviewed him uh, years back and I... To be honest, I didn't think much of him. I just thought he was just another entrepreneur. Um, and then while we were hanging out at, at, at Twitter Spaces, he starts saying things that wake me up from my slumber as a big blocker. What does that mean? We, I've been so caught up fighting for Bitcoin all these years that you get caught up fighting and defending and arguing for for very basic things because the the the, the underlying okay the like like Aristotle says a big problem at the beginning is it can lead to huge problems at the end uh, you know later on um and and so when you argue with someone you in, in crypto about big blocks or you you, you debate them you're, argue, you're arguing about the most stupid things right you're like oh should you increase the block size um uh, what is bitcoin script you know th things that are like to us are like really dumb but you have those are the the starting points, and you spend so much time and energy talking about the stupid stuff that you forego studying deeper level things about Bitcoin itself, and that's kind of like the biggest damage that was done to Bitcoin uh, because of the civil war. I think the the people that want to destroy Bitcoin know that they can't destroy it, but what they can do is make us waste our time debating, fighting thinking about very uh, low level stuff and 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 that's really the biggest attack that bitcoin has suffered is as that is the, they have been able to delay bitcoin's growth so now i'm aware of this so all of a sudden i find myself having these conversations with this guy jack luke who i didn't know who he was and i start realizing that this guy um is preserving ideas that we had as big blockers back in the early days Ideas that are big blocker native and that are only possible within the fullness of Bitcoin. Ideas which break you out of the normal and into, again, things that are only possible within a network that can scale unboundedly. So, what you guys have to understand is is that Bitcoin is is that in BSV there there was a knee-jerk reaction to solve the problems of this world as they are right now, to solve the pain points of the economy, of the of the world of business, of technology as it stands right now. And that knee-jerk reaction, you see it within the whole uh propaganda rhetoric of of commercial uh, solutions that you see coming from Craig Wright, Proper, and, and Calvin Air. There's nothing wrong with that. However, there are Bitcoiners, and I, I have to give credit to Jack Lou for this, who made me remember and made many Bitcoiners remember what it was like to dream. And this is very beautiful, guys. You have to You have to realize that in Bitcoin, you're, it's not about just dreaming. 
but it's about creating those dreams in real time. So Bitcoin is so magnanimous, magnanimous <laughs> that that it allows that it's it's so abundant that it allows you to solve real world problems in enterprise but it also allows you to play and, and one of my favorite philosophy professors uh would say to us to me he he would say raf there's nothing more upsetting and sadding uh, nothing more sad than a serious intellectual and the reason why a serious intellectual is 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 a is a pity it's 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 upsetting is because when you are serious and you approach something with seriousness with with what we call now the word boomerish with a boomer attitude seriousness um you lose a sense of wonder and in order to regain that sense of wonder you have to be more like a child and you have to embrace things with and the key word is here is playfulness so when you're able to play you're able to create so as so you see a world that now and and there's someone in bitcoin that has never left that and i've always been very close to this person daniel krawitz he's never left that that playfulness of it and notice that anyone that approaches bitcoin with this playful attitude and by playful, it doesn't mean that you're that you're um, playful. Playfulness doesn't mean that you that you are disrespecting Bitcoin or anything like that. Playful means that you understand that Bitcoin is this one thing which is so incredible that the way to reach its ultimate po potential is by putting your mind in a place where you can experiment with it, where you're where, where you're category of what's good and your categories of values are ascend to a higher level beyond the immediate needs of this world so you are changing your paradigm to a higher level um and it's not that you're a better person for doing that it's just that you you realize that bitcoin is just that abundant so think about it this way guys the vast majority of the crypto world right now are like children playing in playgrounds that instinctual instinctually they have they know now they've been conditioned to know that these playgrounds are limited in their capacity so they play games that innately implicitly they know that have their limits and they accustom themselves to play these games that have limits what we have in bsv that not a lot of people realize to this day is, is that we have the ability to play games and to create games where we can have we can go on into infinity they're unbounded and we can have fun okay and notice that those people that that see bitcoin as this beautiful playground to discover are people who automatically have a knee-jerk reaction to build on-chain open source and interoperatively they have an innate mindset shift they have a paradigm shift right away where they see bitcoin as this world-changing transformative thing that changes everything like craig wright himself has said in his interviews bitcoin changes everything it's not just finance it's everything so what happens is is that um 
when I start talking to 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 my my only real interlocutor throughout this whole time in Bitcoin history was Daniel Krawitz. And he would open up to me and talk to me, Rath, this is how my perception of how the states of affairs are within Bitcoin. And 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 as he's discovering that out of nowhere, there's this guy named Jack Lou who has a completely different worldview. And with a completely different set of experiences. He is a market maker. I'm not a market maker. Uh, Daniel Krawitz is not a market maker. Um, What's we, a market maker? A market maker is someone who, who uh, like an artist, sees all of the factors in real time and is able to calibrate better than anyone else all of those factors in real time to put a product into market. Now, um, well, Jack Lou, if you look at his background, he has he's always chief strategy officer at Kraken, strategy officer at OKX, strategy officer at um Circle, right? So he's he 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 himself will tell you that he saw the world of Bitcoin and crypto evolve where the now the center of attention was not the Bitcoin blockchain itself, but the centralized exchanges themselves. And he saw that game being played by like the ZZs, the Brian Armstrongs of this world. And even though he understands that they're playing this game around fiat, which controls and manipulates Bitcoin and crypto around these centralized exchanges, um, he desisted. He doesn't want to play that game because he understands deep down that Bitcoin is something bigger and, and, and is more conducive to more, more uh, wealth creation and prosperity than that world of the centralized exchange where Bitcoin itself is has the potential and it's now not just the potential, and but right now it has the ability to beak that centralized exchange for everything in existence. And so he is is he um he's someone that I admire because he deferred gratification. And and so as someone that defers gratification, he saw something a lot bigger and possible within Bitcoin. He came into BSV and as I, I he was large, he was highly misunderstood by a lot of people within BSV because when BSV forks for the second time from Bitcoin Cash, um the people in BSV are now kind of um again they have that knee jerk um warrior mentality and now they they want to just like they they want to just throw up like they're very defensive um and Craig Wright goes on the offensive with patents and with the law but that's something that in my analysis that's proper to Craig Wright as Satoshi that's not proper to me as an individual bitcoiner What's proper to me as an individual Bitcoiner is to enjoy Bitcoin as much as I can and to teach people about Bitcoin as much as I can, to the best of my knowledge. But as Satoshi, who's been doxxed, who has been persecuted, um, he has the right to have that righteous indignation and to protect in the best way he sees fit uh, his creation. And that's for him to deal with. But I know... Um, and that's for him to deal with, to geek out with those ideas. Um, 
the role that I'm called to play as a Bitcoiner, and I, this is what I share with 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 Jack, is is that we're called to enjoy Bitcoin and to um, embrace the fullness of Bitcoin as much as possible. So I find myself having these conversations with Jack, where as he's talking, and I'm jiving with him, I'm remembering conversations that I had with Bitcoiners in the early days. I'm like, oh my God, we forgot. Like, thank you so much for saying that. And just I remember now something that I forgot. And that was constantly the 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 which that was constantly like the the insight that I kept coming to is like, oh my God, these bastards attacked Bitcoin to the point that Bitcoin's Bitcoiners forgot how to dream with Bitcoin. Bitcoiners forgot how to have wonder. Bitcoiners forgot what it was like to know that these realities exist and that we, they're there for the taking, that we can embrace them, that we can compute on chain. Like, Sounds like, like Rav, would be a good time for us to go into the uh, narrative of utility because, you know, a lot of the philosophical nature of what you've just discussed is uh, is incredibly powerful. If it could be blended in with utility somehow, then those with logical minds may be able to grasp grasp this a little bit more so, so would, would bitmap be a place to ask you about what bitmap is or like what 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 utility is possible all utility and, and this is what's mind-boggling in my last interview with with jack with jack lou he said one phrase that really blew my mind and it's something that's like well no shit wrath right like this is obvious but again i'm so caught up fighting and thinking about the the stupid stuff the the, the basic things with people to, to rescue Bitcoin, uh, that he said this. He said, every block of time in BSV can contain within it all of the creative output of humanity as much as, as, as humanity can, can, can output within the last 10 minutes. The BTC blockchain can only contain one megabyte or four megabytes with 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 taproot four megabytes of computational creativity of humanity in every block of time so so when when you he saw me like oh raph it seems like you're coming to realizations yeah i am and 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 i'm i'm making myself very vulnerable to you guys on purpose because I want you guys to realize that um, this is these are not subjects that are easy to understand because you and I, we've all been conditioned by our environments to be very myopic in our understanding of the world and what is possible. We have um, machine learning. We have language models like ChatGP3 that we can use to leverage our creativity even more. We can create a lot more. So Jack Lou says, Chat GP3 doesn't matter in a world where your computation, where, on, where, where the, all of humanity's creativity, even with something like Chat GP3, can only be, has a ceiling of one megabyte on the world's greatest proof of work ledger. It makes no sense to have it at one megabyte. Whereas BSV, it's all, all of your creativity, all of humanity's creativity can fit within every single block of time so innately 
for people who think like Jack Lou and myself, innately, we have a paradigm shift where we're not thinking about our businesses when we think as Bitcoiners, but we think as we think of Bitcoin as the business we all belong to. And it's a different type of business. It's a business based on triple entry accounting, not like a corporation which comes from dual entry accounting, where you need ultimately the, the, the central planning government to attest um, ownership and property rights in that dual entry world. But the triple entry is the is, is the chain of digital signatures. The triple entry is, is the book of life that is Bitcoin, the, the global truth ledger that is Bitcoin attested on the blockchain, protected by proof of work. It is that which brings us together in, in what Jack Lou described in our conversation in a convergent way where I benefit from your success and you benefit from my success and we both leverage off one another's success where innately we're called to serve one another and give ourselves the best that we have to give to each other. So we, we find ourselves in a very... Um, interesting place right now because we are almost like cavemen mental cavemen we really truly are guys and so when what you saw within me uh when i being vulnerable in that conversation with jack was me being like a caveman that is getting it even more that is understanding that sure bitcoin can solve enterprise problems like like calvin and, and craig wright are showing the world in their own way but Bitcoin is much can do much more than that. And the beautiful thing is, is that there is a symbiosis now that has happened in BSV where you have the research of, of Craig Wright. You have the more practical theory of someone like Wei Lu of S-Script. And then you have implementations in the open market in real time, like with a Mint Blue, right? Or a hand cash that are more enterprise-oriented, that want to, like, have... They, they use, like, the old-school um, startup, um, lean startup or enterprise uh, middle market model of just satiating a need in the market in real time. Nothing wrong with that. And a lot of Bitcoiners in BSV are, 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 are see that, and they're like, wow, this, this indeed is very useful for, for what the world needs. Correct. But there are other... Bitcoiners, and I think a lot of it has to do because of the influence of Jack Lou, you know, credit where credit is due, because he's able to articulate a market-making dynamic, and he juxtaposes it to the market-making dynamic of the world that, that we come from, that enterprise world. Why is he able to do that so eloquently? Because he comes from that market-making world. Again, his pedigree and his background is very unique in crypto. He comes from as someone who was the strategy officer for all of these exchanges. So he understands the mindset of a crypto world that acquiesces to the world as it is. And remember, that crypto world that acquiesces to the world as it is has no other option but to do so in these bucket shops, as Craig Wright calls them, because they're, these blockchains are limited. They're playgrounds where your creativity is limited. Innately, everyone knows that. They're limited. BTC is limited. Ethereum is limited. They're all limited. 
your potential as a human being, as an entrepreneur has its limits. So you have to always, if you create within these blockchain networks, you create with the innate understanding that your your game, the game you want to express to the world, your creativity, will all eventually come to a stop, come to a limit. Even Solana will come to a limit. And they'll have to have another snapshot of something else, of another network. But Bitcoin is a game that, it's a network that has no limits. So when you understand that as a Bitcoiner, as a, someone that's in crypto, your innate, your innate reaction is to think from a Web3 perspective. And what's the Web3 perspective? The Web3 perspective is, is one where you see these technologies and now you, 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 you're daring. And you have the boldness to dream. To dream about taking this, which, which we have in Bitcoin, that allows us to create games of infinite potential. And that's exactly where we're at right now, Gavin. I'm happy I'm talking to you right here because Bitcoiners need to listen to this. You guys have the most incredible architecture in computer science ever created. And, and a lot of you guys can argue that this was divinely inspired. I think it was. Where this is the one and only blockchain that can scale. This is the original Bitcoin. This is the fullness of Bitcoin. So stop being so serious about it. If that's something that it's within you to solve problems of the world we come from, by all means, keep doing that because it does satiate and will solve many problems in the world of enterprise. But if you are someone that wants to wonder, if you're someone who's creative, know that you've been conditioned, not just by the world of enterprise, but by the world of crypto itself, to be very limited in your creativity. Innately, they've trained you to see even Bitcoin as a place that is limited in its capability. So what you have to do is meditate on this, that you now are part of a network that is completely unlimited. Your potential, your creative potential is infinite. And the best thing you can do is have fun with this. How do you have fun with this? You, you enter into a playfulness that allows you to discover how to best serve other Bitcoiners by having fun. You have to have fun. If you're not having fun while playing with the fullness of Bitcoin, you're not doing it right. Again, there's nothing sadder, more upsetting than a serious intellectual. So start thinking about how to have, um, how to, how to enjoy Bitcoin because it is in this process of enjoying Bitcoin that you guys will unlock capabilities within Bitcoin that will allow you to take Bitcoin and to discover more faculties within Bitcoin. Case in point, all of the research that Dr. Craig Wright has been showing the world regarding unlock time. He's been talking about unlock time for many years. And, and Jack Lou has been obviously been studying that. <laughs> Where he like he says, okay, well, unlock time is something that makes a lot of sense. And then he sees the work that um, Daniel Krawitz has been doing with Boost Proof of Work and he married both of them in his mind and he, he started creating games based out of Unlock Time which in the early a lot of people call it in his implementation Lou Locking after his last name and out of that you see a bunch of games now we have uh, Lock Streaming being something and you, and you see and the beautiful thing guys is that look from the research of the Zhao Wei Lu's and the Craig Wrights, 
you have a better understanding of what is possible with Bitcoin. Then you will see enterprise. We, we're all like a, 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 in a symbiosis with each other. Okay. You have to understand that that's the nature of Bitcoin right now. Then you'll see the enterprise people come in like the Calvinaires and try to see these, what these creations, how they can satiate needs in the market in real time. At the same time, but notice, notice that their knee-jerk reaction is to play within the model of the corporate world. So they're going to try to, they, they, their innate reaction is not going to be one to, to, um, to create uh, or to contribute to the open source ethos of Bitcoin. They're not going to, because they're thinking about their patents, their IPs, their shareholders. There's nothing wrong with that, but that's them. What I am really geeky about and what I, the, the group of Bitcoiners that I like a lot are those who, who's, whose knee-jerk reaction is not the enterprise, but like more of the Jack Lewis and, and, and Daniel Krawitz who automatically see what is coming out of the scholarship of Bitcoin and their innate reaction is to play with these things as Bitcoiners in the open field. And by doing that, what they're doing is, is that they're actually grabbing the theory and giving it, um, making it real by creating these open source tools and application. All of this open source tooling starts off out of the imagination of the Bitcoiner. And notice something very beautiful, that by creating these open source tooling, then the enterprise guys can come in and say, oh, we can use that, that's, that's great. But the, but the, but the guys that are, that, that, are, that are coming at this from the level of imagination, because they see the potential of Bitcoin being able to fit in all of the creativity of humanity within every single block of time, those guys create games that give them an incentive to, to do this, obviously, and to sustain themselves. So obviously you see things like ordinals, like one sat ordinals, like LTM20, lock to mint 20, uh, LRC, which is the other token protocol that came out of locking Bitcoin. Um, so you, you, you see all of this open source development. You have a Panda wallet, which now is like, the premier open source web three wallet for Bitcoin on BSV. Um, what's you see the most these... you cited, like of all those examples, what's the most, what are what is the, you know, one form of utility that you're most excited about? Or if it, if not yet, then maybe that you have the vision that could, could eventually come about. You know, I, I really think that at this moment of uh, Bitcoiners are, this is what Bitcoiners are doing, right? Because they did they're at this for the first time, they're kind of re, this is, has existed, right? This has existed since October 2020. Um, and But right now, Bitcoiners are finally realizing what I'm telling you. And what I'm telling you right now, it's not something that's just in my mind. This is something that all Bitcoiners are having this awakening at the same time, that we have the most magnificent playground to play in. So it's almost like a child being given, um, like they say, a kid in the candy store. But imagine a candy store that never ends. Imagine a playground that never ends. Imagine a, a place that just is, is completely un un unbounded. So now Bitcoiners, the first thing that they're doing, you know how interesting this is, that out of China came this, um, this, this, this challenge, right, to mint 210 billion inscriptions on BSV. And it's called OJBK. And, and notice that it's, it's almost like a child saying, like testing the playground is this does this really can i really it's almost like it's like a blind man in the room like figuring out like where's the where are the walls right 
and like like how much can I really play? So it's like putting your toe in the water before jumping in. That's where we're at right now, guys. And it's very beautiful to see this. It's almost like very childlike that Bitcoiners on BSV are really like testing the limits to the point that they have uh, developers have to go back and fortify the indexes within BSV because what this commands is 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 an ability to like we really are pushing it to the limits of of what we're pushing in other words from this from the grassroots world within bitcoin there is a demand for for um indexes that can sustain the level of computation that we really want to play with so a you never got this from the enterprise people in in bitcoin they never they never had this innate market grassroots demand but this comes from the 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 world that that is very um playful childlike that that um that is conducive towards um having an understanding of bitcoin where i serve you and by serving you you serve me and the best thing we can do is just like have fun and pass this ball around and just play here as much as possible so out of this innate um playfulness that bitcoin has for the bitcoiner we were able to to create the first game okay let's do the biggest inscription series in the world ojbk 210 billion inscriptions and i think jawe lu jumped in and he created his own inscribing thing on a script and then then relay x has its own and panda wallet you can do it through panda wallet you can do it through relay x and so pushing it to the limit is really is really where we're at It's almost like just how how big is this playground really you know you know what i mean like how big can can this how much fun can we really have in this playground and once these indexes are 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 fortified which if i'm not they could be fortified right now and i have just haven't been paying attention then bitcoiners are going to start playing um we are in in the in in the moment of of a great awakening within bitcoin um the level of insight is you guys have to understand it's almost like um the best word to describe this is wonder and you guys have to really um let go of all the bullshit and really 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 um embrace that wonder that bitcoin is um and 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 come at it like a child that childlike wonder is the future of bitcoin guys and it is that childlike wonder from where you get all of the open source tooling that connects us to each other ever more and, and brings us ever more closer to each other in serving each other as Bitcoiners. Because those people that embrace the Bitcoin from that childlike wonder perspective, like a Jack Lou, like a Daniel Krawitz and myself, we are, our, our goal is to create games, fun, um, whatever you want to call it, value 
in Bitcoin that serves you the best. Things that are insatiable and things that are contagious. Things that you can't keep yourself from being part of. Because that is what Bitcoin is. And and so when, you cre- when we create these games, which we're going to create these games, and it's good to call them games. And it's not necessarily, guys, it's not necessarily games that are that are like just for the sake of games it's i'm not talking about and they don't have to be games that are uh degenerate on their own like a gambling game or or some bs i'm talking about games that are could be very wholesome right so okay so gavin i remember when 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 lock to me when when hot locker came out you right away jumped on and you were like oh wow this technology can be used for um doing away with a bunch of bureaucracy red tape that people do in in, in like inheritance and in, in having trust and passing on their state. Um, so you right away saw a solution out of something that was started off with the scholarship of Craig Wright that was then implemented by people who wanted to play with these ideas. And then you saw automatically a, um, automatically you saw a use case in real life. But now you. This is the the interesting thing, Gavin. Is 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 that the use case for the real life purpose, if you want to call it, for the to satiate any need in the market, is now possible because the open source tooling came out of that wonder playfulness vibe, and it's a vibe that is that is honestly con, uh, con do that comes forth from an understanding that um, the more I the more value I give you in, by creating whatever incentive on chain, the more value I give you, the better it will be. You will be off as a Bitcoiner and the better I will be off as a Bitcoiner. So it's interesting because when you have this, when you enter Bitcoin with this childlike wonder and this playfulness, you no longer seek to covet. You, 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 you want to give, you want to give, you want to give, you want to share. You want to share, you want to give, and and you realize innately that the most the best thing you can do for Bitcoin is to be as generous as you can be, as helpful as you can be, as as life giving as you can be to other Bitcoiners, like children, like, and that's what's beautiful. We we go back to that childlike child state, you know, where where we are just, you know, we just want to play, you know, in the playground of Bitcoin. And we just want to have fun. We already made it. Uh, we have we we've been able to to save Bitcoin from its destruction. We preserve the fullness of Bitcoin. Um, and and you'll notice that um, all of a sudden the whole notion of competing with someone else dissipates, moves away. Just and and I'll show you guys the logical conclusions of this is is that we come to a point where Daniel Krawitz, the emperor of Bitcoin, called it hyper-Bitcoinization, where the whole world now is consumed by Bitcoin. Is that and, the definition of Bitcoin, where the whole world is, I'm sorry, of hyper-Bitcoinization, where the whole world's consumed by it? Or how, yeah. how do you define it? So pretty much is, is that everything is, everything, um, think of Bitcoin as a black hole that consumes everything, because <laughs> it's a place where like everything just becomes more and more valuable, more and more fun, cheaper, interoperable, faster scalable that as 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 uh it is a 
where you give where everything what what is most valuable rises to the top. It's a capitalist meritocracy, right? So if you provide more value than <clears> me, <throat> you will become so you will become the most uh in that field of study or whatever it may be, in that area of fun, in that area of life, you will become the the standard in Bitcoin until someone else offers more value, right? So if you're offering something in Bitcoin that is very valuable to the market, the market will reward you. That's the incentives of Bitcoin. So the Bitcoin network is an upward spiral of positivity in all aspects. So when Craig Wright talks about Bitcoin changes everything, he's right. And it doesn't just change everything like a paradigm shift that just happens once. You guys have to understand this. This is very important. It's a paradigm <laughs> shift that builds on top of itself. It's exponential. It's expo- It's an exponential paradigm shift in all aspects of life. That, that's how deep <laughs> this is. Because let's say someone, take anything in life. Um, someone, someone creates um, anything. Uh, it could be the best social network, right? Well, you're the best social network but if you're a native Bitcoin social network, what does that mean? That you are you are using uh, your social network within Bitcoin is nothing more than a skin into Bitcoin. What matters is Bitcoin. You're just presenting the best skin for people to interact with Bitcoin as a social network. Right. And since you're doing it Bitcoin natively, this skin is obviously on-chain open source and interoperable until someone else comes and uses that open source technology that you gave to Bitcoin and creates something better. The incentives for us as human beings within Bitcoin are that of mirroring the Bitcoin miners themselves. The Bitcoin miner is only as good as he was in the last 10 minutes because in the next 10 minutes, a whole different group of miners can come in and and let's say Tao Mining, who is the biggest miner we have in BSV right now, these 10 minutes we're in right now could be the last 10 minutes they ever mine a block of time. Someone else that's better than them, more agile, more better than them in all ways can outcompete them. So Bitcoin, the, the beautiful thing is, is that it's open to competition. There is no, uh, since we have a fixed and stable protocol, the rules of the game remain the same for all of us. We can all compete. We can, and we're called to compete. Oh, one of the things that um, I think the thing that set me on the path of realizing Craig Wright was Satoshi was when he said one day, he said, I'll never forget. He said, compete with me. At that moment, I'm like, that's it. I mean, Someone that tells you to compete with them is someone who is not afraid of competition, first off, and that innately understands that that capitalism is what takes away power out of the equation. True free market capitalism. So, yeah, Bitcoin's a beautiful thing, guys, and 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 I, I what I've realized. <laughs> it's, I'm sorry for being so long-winded in my explanation. What I realize with with talking to Jack Lou is how much my mind has been stagnant by the Bitcoin civil war, how much I've been hurt as a Bitcoiner, how much they took away wonder from me. 
um, how much I was attacked as a Bitcoiner, how much I was kept from dreaming, how much I was persuaded and psyoped out of the playfulness needed as a Bitcoiner to truly embrace Bitcoin. And so when I talk to another Bitcoiner who gets it, like Jack Lou, sometimes he says things, little things that just like wake up my mind. And it makes me realize that they put our minds to sleep as Bitcoiners. The whole civil war was all of these, any, anybody with negative attitude, anyone with negative vibes, anyone that's, that is literally toxic is a psyop that doesn't want you for some reason to enjoy yourself and to enjoy Bitcoin. Be very aware of that. You guys as Bitcoiners listening to this, I'm talking to real Bitcoiners, the BSV guys. You guys, we all need to guard our minds. Your minds are like sacred temples where you guys hold forbidden knowledge. And I'm, I'm being very honest with you guys. Every big blocker, every BSVer holds secret knowledge. That to the world is secret, is esoteric. So you have to be very smart in how you um take care of your mind, take care of your temple. Don't, don't, don't we are don't waste your time unless you're called to. Um, like there's this guy on Twitter, Hector. He said he's he has the patience of a saint, and the guy is so articulate, and he's a master at the Socratic method, and he's turned many BTC maxis into into real Bitcoiners uh with his patience and his his dominance of the Socratic method. Um I mm. it's it, it, and um or a Jawe Lu, you know, um you guys you guys all need to protect your minds. Um a guy I really, I really uh, admire in within PSV is Bitcoin Intern, and Bitcoin Intern, um, he's the type of guy that would say like, "I'm gonna go meditate now, guys. I'll be gone for a couple of weeks. I'm gonna go meditate," and that's what you guys should all do. Like, really take care of yourselves, um, because you guys have knowledge that forbidden. Um, you should. Well, it's 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 it's. It wants to be forbidden. For some reason, there are energies in this world that do not want people to know about the fullness of Bitcoin. Just look at how BSB has been attacked. You know, it's 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 the network that has been the most attacked in the history of Bitcoin. And I think, honestly, uh, uh, Gavin, it's because the level of vibration that Bit that the fullness of Bitcoin gives the world is is so high that, um. It's proper to fight for it, but you guys have to be peaceful warriors. You know, I like, I love that term, be a peaceful warrior, you know, but it starts with peace, you know, like be a warrior for Bitcoin, but be a peaceful warrior. But real peace comes from joy. And the best way to fight for Bitcoin is to have joy in your life. Don't be so, don't be serious. Don't, don't, don't engage Bitcoin with seriousness. Anytime that you find your soul, your heart, your mind, um, infected by toxicity of, of just negative energies, low vibrations, like at that moment, know that that is robbing you from being the best Bitcoiner that you can be. The best Bitcoiner that you can be um, is, is the child within you, the child that you still are within you. And you need to nurture and take care of that child that you have.
that you are um, and embrace the wonder, the magic, the, the beauty of life in knowing that now you have the coolest toy in history. <laughs> this is the coolest toy that you as a child can play with. And, and, and you know, how, one of the coolest things about this toy, Gavin, that I discovered called Bitcoin is, is that we, we realize that this toy that you don't have, that you don't need any money that, that, to play this toy, to play with this toy, that it's so um, efficient and scalable that it costs one fifty thousandth of a penny to engage with this network, meaning that with $400, I personally can subsidize the posting and listing of whatever you want for sale or whatever you want to do on chain for 8 billion people. <laughs> That's, I can literally subsidize the whole, the whole world family yeah. to play with this toy for free where they can you know, embrace Bitcoin, share their creativity, they can play with Bitcoin. Your creativity comes from playfulness. They can have fun yeah. with Bitcoin. And then if their fun is valued by the world, they will be paid in Bitcoin. So the onboarding problem into Bitcoin has been solved, has been discovered that it's it's solvable and it's, it is solved now. So let me ask you one more question. You're in closing, and see where this goes, and we can uh, we can wrap if we if 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 you may. So, uh, you know, I was going to ask you if BTC could consume BSV. However, I feel like that question is rather uh, elementary now, based upon your entire ph philosophical, um, you know, presentation, or you know, basically your your perspective that you gave today. So. Uh, it, has BSV already consumed BTC or can it? I mean, where where are we in the scheme of things on, you know, on Bitcoin? Gavin, you guys are all going to wake up one day and realize that you guys are like real life Jedis. That Bitcoin gave you the power to be a Jedi. That's what you guys are going to realize. Because imagine having... The technology where your mind and your creativity can interface with the entire planet at the same time with everyone else. And then and that by you giving value into the network, you create um exponential growth, health, and prosperity for all. Gavin, Bitcoin starts in the human mind. Because you have a tool of infinite potential. In reality right now, existing and working right now, Bitcoin right now can do whatever you want. The only thing limiting Bitcoin is our minds. Our minds are the ones that are limited. Does that make sense? So everyone else in crypto, they wish they had that within their favorite networks. The reality is, is that those networks are limited in their capacity to compute on chain, to scale. So their minds have been conditioned to think very little. Bitcoin is a swarm intelligence. Everyone in Ethereum wants to be part of a swarm intelligence. Everyone in BTC wants to be part of a swarm intelligence. 
but they are but they are within the construct of something that is very limited so the only way for them to orient their desired swarm is by having rhetoric sophistry that can contain that desire within the limitations of what they have hence why they have uh, we have the phenomenon of tribalism and the cult-like mentality of like a laser eye for example on the contrary we in bitcoin in the real bitcoin we have the potential in reality right now of you being able to embrace to hone your mind and to completely give your give your best to bitcoin everything give your best to bitcoin bitcoin is capable of 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 um embracing everything you would want to do create so i'm sorry what was your question again sorry you know can can bs i mean can BTC consume BSV? Can B BSV consume BTC? Or has it already happened? I mean, okay, this is, Gavin, uh, Gavin, Gavin. The thing is, is that it already did. It's already happened. It already happened. But but the thing is, is this, is this, is this. In reality, like Aristotle would tell us, in reality, it already happened. In reality, Bitcoin already has that ability right now to be able to. Compute whatever you want on a blockchain. It exists right now. Again, the only obstacle is in our minds. And it starts with us Bitcoiners. You guys, I'm being very vulnerable with you guys. And when I talk to Jack and to you, Gavin, because I need you guys to see that I myself am going through a process of recognition that. Bitcoin is intimately interconnected with our thoughts. I I know this sounds a little bit like what you know weird. Bitcoin is intimately interconnected with our thoughts. In a world where we all embrace the fullness of Bitcoin, you will be a lot smarter and you will become smarter as as as, as the more you interface with Bitcoin. Why? Because you are engaging the global truth ledger that is most efficient and scalable. What does that mean? The appetite of the human intellect is for truth. That's the whole reason why we're having these conversations, why we're asking these things in our mind. The way you actually think as a human being is by asking yourself questions, whether you realize it or not. The way your mind, the mind, the way your mind works is that implicitly or explicitly, you're asking your mind questions every single day, all the time. And your subconscious mind is looking into your memory and imagination to give you the best answers possible. It's a feedback loop. The appetite of your willpower is towards goodness. You as an individual are oriented towards that. Because that is instinctually what you what what your mind is oriented and your willpower is, are, is oriented to to survive and prosper in this world in this where, where we're at right in our life. So your mind is already 
constantly seeking truth and your willpower is constantly seeking goodness, you can err and satiate your mind with what seems to be true, but in reality is not the fullness of truth or not true at all. You can satiate your mind, your, your, your willpower with what you think is good or what you perceive to be good, but in reality is not really good for you. Um, but, but when you're part of a network that incentivizes goodness and truth, you're saving time in that quest to figure out, to satiate the appetite of your intellect, which is truth, and the appetite of your willpower, which is goodness. So the moment you start embracing Bitcoin more and more into your life, you will grow as a person and and you will be able as a feedback loop give back to bitcoin greater good greater truth and by the outcome will be that you will nourish all other bitcoins with greater truth and greater goodness so the way that we right now as bitcoiners should approach all of this is with wonder and the wonder of that that we all share as children we 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 have we were child we were all kids once we all know what it is like to think like a child we all need to go back there and realize that we have the coolest toy to play with <laughs> and, and our incentive is to um bring as much fun as possible to the table because we do have the coolest toy and you have to understand as a BSVer that as a real Bitcoiner, that having the coolest toy means that you don't covet that toy, but rather that when you have the coolest toy, you want to share it with your friends, right? That's what all children do. Once a child possesses something, they want to share and play. Yeah. So you guys need to play and you guys need to create things because you have to understand that there's a lot of other kids out there that have broken toys. They don't, and, and, and they've been given broken toys. BTC is a broken toy. Ethereum is a broken toy. All of these other fake versions of this real, of the real toy are out there. And these poor kids have trained themselves um, to, 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 to be sad because they, their, their creative potential has a limit. Their imagination has a limit. Their playfulness has a limit. Yeah. Their abilities, their faculties as children that want to have fun and explore, they have ceilings in all of these other networks. They're broken toys. You guys have to do is like really cherish this toy that we have as Bitcoin, really embrace it. And your knee-jerk reaction will be to have fun with it, to create cool toys, cool games within it, to share value with other Bitcoiners. And in doing so, automatically what you're going to want to do is Create these toys in a way that is open, these games that are open source, on-chain, and interoperable because you not only want to create this toy, but you want to share this toy because you realize that everyone is an owner of this toy. And by you bettering this toy with open source tooling, you are making the toys of the future better because then someone else smarter, more creative than you can build on top of those toys. And mm. it's just going to compound like crazy. So, right. so, so, so we are... Um yeah, we we we're in a we're in a very beautiful place, but 
Gavin, so, we it's in our minds. This is all in our minds. We this is on our minds, and and our minds notice that like it's interesting that the history of the real Bitcoin has been one where it has not been embraced by the world. The real Bitcoin has not been embraced by the world. Has not been embraced by big tech by Silicon Valley. On the contrary. They're attacking the creator of it with this COPA trial, right? Like, like the world does not want, for some reason, there are energies in this world that do not want to, you to embrace the fullness of, of Bitcoin. So what you have to do is do this, guys. There's this whole esoteric wisdom that I, I someone taught me. I don't remember when. It's called the, the secret of pass knot, of passing a knot, like a knot, you know, when something's a knot. And the reality is, is that when there's something negative in the world, you don't ignore it. And you also don't become consumed by it. You acknowledge that it exists, but you keep going. And like that, you take its power away. You do not want to be sucked in by negative energy, guys. No matter what happens with Craig Wright during this trial, whether he wins or loses, Bitcoin remains the same. The toy remains the same. The, the same reality still exists for you to embrace. And, and so acknowledge that what's happening with Craig Wright and move on. But don't get consumed by it because you have to, again, guard your mind from all the negativity, from all the toxicity. If you're someone that understands the fullness of Bitcoin, it is only proper for you at this moment right now to give yourself the treat of enjoying this beautiful toy you discovered. Don't let people take this away from you. They've already uh, have done uh, enough to keep you from embracing the fullness of Bitcoin. The, the, literally, the power is in your hands, in your mind, to guard your mind, and to just uh, simply enjoy Bitcoin, guys. Really enjoy Bitcoin. Thank you, Raf. This is really uh, insightful. And uh, where where can people uh, where can people find you? Find more about, about you and what you're doing? Well, I... As, as time goes by... And I internalize these these realities and these insights more and more. Um, I'm, I'm realizing that um, I'm realizing that I don't need to fight anymore. That, um, like Satchmo says, that we we're, we're better off. Um, showing by doing. And I think the best thing we can do now is have fun with Bitcoin. So you can find me on hodlocker.com. Uh, go to hodlocker.com. That's probably the best place if when it comes to Bitcoin where you can find the most amazing ideas because we are ranking content on of our Bitcoin ideas as Bitcoiners using our own Bitcoin that we lock up where we give up our opportunity costs in a game where we're constantly bringing out the best from each other and we're signaling to each other what we deem best for Bitcoin and for ourselves. It's a place of discovery. Um, if you want to come and, and become part of, of my research group, it's called the Crypto Vigilante, CryptoVigilante.io. It's a financial newsletter and it is uh, composed of the smartest people in crypto, uh, our technical analysts were the first guys to chart Bitcoin in the Bitcoin talk forums in 2010. I'm very proud of my team. Um, very, very proud of my team. Um, Jeff Berwick and Ed, Ed Bugos for allowing me uh, to create this space where I could speak freely um, about Bitcoin. 
as I understand it best. Um, so the crypto vigilante is is uh, it is that it is is a, is a place where we go into the meat of it of of Bitcoin. Everything that you heard me talk about here, we dive even deeper. I dive even deeper with everyone, um, and we not only look at Bitcoin, but we look at all other technologies that were spun off from 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 the creation of Satoshi. Um, so technologies that that matter and technologies that are not just fluff or 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 stupid. Like we we really seek out uh, technologies that are fundamentally sound and technologies that are that satiate a need in the market in ways, and this is very important, guys, in ways that Bitcoin cannot. Believe it or not, there are some things in the market, there are some things, some aspects of what uh, in the market that are needed that a truth global truth ledger cannot satiate. Believe it or not, it's possible. It's it's there there are such things. So if you if you care to study those things, well come come along with us and 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 for the journey. Um we also have uh yeah, so we have uh different tiers of memberships within within the crypto vigilante and everything that we teach and talk about is open source and you know it's just cool to have a place that is not an echo chamber i i really avoid echo chambers so if you go to the crypto vigilante you'll notice right away that we're not everyone there is a big blocker um and i like it that way we because i i don't like being in, a, in an echo chamber at all i think mm. it's uh it's 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 not good the one thing is is that about the one thing about about that is that um, it's almost like the crypto vigilante. There was always a lot of contention within the Bitcoin vigil crypto vigilante. Like we were always like arguing back and forth. But after ordinals on BTC, I don't have to argue with anyone. No, Shame. there's no more argument. Like everyone says, "Holy shit, Raffles right!" Like literally, that's what everyone's saying. <laughs> like, Raffles right because dude, sounds like uh, there's a wall here. There's a wall oh. here, whether you like it or not, this wall exists. There's this thing called ordinals on BTC, where now BTC was turned into a big blocker blockchain, where they're now talking about Bitcoin Turing completeness, where they're now talking about, where they're now building an on-chain economy. Just yesterday, over 86% of all BTC transactions were on-chain transactions, where you have the CEO of Bitcoin Magazine saying, that Bitcoin will scale on chain and it will scale when it does scale on chain, it's going to scale really fast mm. where you have people where you have um, people like like uh, Paul Storks admitting that big block Bitcoin is the smartest thing you can do. Like they're all big blockers now. Again, the only thing keeping Bitcoin and you're back to your question as to like it's BSV consuming Bitcoin. The only thing keeping Bitcoin from flourishing are the mental blocks that people have. Whether it be by conditioning, by uh, psy being psyop, or whatever it may be, it's just that people have been mentally conditioned to be limited in their embrace of Bitcoin. So, if you are already close, if you are someone that's close to the truth of what Satoshi gave us, do yourself a favor and walk away from all the bullshit arguments and know that you already won. And know that you have to take care of your mind, take care of your health. And when you engage with Bitcoin again, 
come at it with a fresh start. And the best place to start embracing Bitcoin all over again is from the place of childlike wonder. And that's what I wish for you. Uh, I, I, the beautiful thing about Bitcoin is it is that it's the most beautiful relationship amongst human beings possible. Like I, I see every blockchain as like a type of relationship, but Bitcoin is like the best. And Aristotle says this. He says, a true friend is he, he, he breaks down three types of friendships, friendships of the good, friendships of utility, and friendships of pleasure. So pleasure is your drinking buddies. Utility are your co-workers. But he says friendships of the good are those people who are want that, that, that have within them the capability of giving you pleasure and utility. But on top of that, a true friend, this is what Aristotle says, a true friend is he who wants the greatest good for you. And in Bitcoin, the incentives are aligned in a way where it's best for you to constantly seek out the greatest good for every other Bitcoiner. For the other person. Yeah. Exactly, and and so it, we're all in this most perfect rhythm. Yeah. Well, that's a good place probably to probably to terminate right here, Raf. And that was a great closing. So I'm going to end the recording there and send awesome. my most uh, sincere gratitude. Thank you for your time. Now we are dealing with a possible world war. Some will say we are already in a world war. My condolences and prayers go out to everyone suffering under tyranny. It really sucks. I'm really sorry. But it seems as if people are starting to wake up regarding crypto more and more each day. And so it's in the description right here to read where we give our secret sauce and what we teach our subscribers because things are just that bad. You know, everyone needs this information. People need to know about sound cryptocurrencies that are actually private by default and to know how to properly use crypto.